Well, God is good. We have uh, been, uh, on Sunday mornings, been ministering on uh, our identity and who we are in Christ. And we have uh, uh, been talking about, actually what it was is um, beginning uh, right before the year started, the Spirit of God uh, told me that, our, that these people, uh, talking about you and me, so this is my part as your pastor, that uh, to uh, get them to identify or start identifying with their true identity is how he worded it. That we're to be identifying. In other words, we need to figure out who we are. Amen. And uh, as we've uh, brought out many times, and I'll maybe just do a little little review, but, uh, um, you know, uh, three key things that I personally, I believe it'll, it'll answer 90% of our problems if we, if we had a revelation of this, and that is who your God is, who your enemy is, and who you are. You just have that understanding. In other words, who your God is, what he'll do, what he, amen, what he'll do, what he won't do. Some say, well, he'll do everything. No, no, he won't, he won't receive for you. He won't even resist for you. You have to do the resisting and you have to do the receiving. Come on. But he's got a part he will play and a part he will do. Stay with me. So you got to know who your God is. You got to know who your enemy is. Because if you don't, if you get that all mixed up, because a lot of people are blaming God for things the enemy's doing, because they don't know who their enemy is. Some, uh, some people think that their neighbor's their problem. But your neighbor's not your problem. There's an enemy. Amen. Uh, our fight's not with flesh and blood. Our fight ain't, ain't concerning flesh and blood. It's about principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. We have a God, we have an enemy, and you got to know who they are. And you got to know who you are, amen, because there are times when you need to do your part, amen, if you know who you are, you're, you're more apt to do your part, amen. amen. Now, are you still with me or not? Yes, are you all still a little nervous from uh, the offering time? <laughs> well, I mean, we just got some things, we got some ground to cover, you know, we've, you know, over the last several weeks talking about identity and we talked about the importance of revelation and getting a, re, a revealed word of, of who you are. That's, that's a part of it. So that means you have, to, you have to avoid ignorance in order to have a revelation because ignorance is a doorway for the enemy, whereas revelation is a doorway for God. Now, listen, we're not, we're not trying to belittle anybody and when we say that there's times that we operate in ignorance. It's the truth. Sometimes we don't know. Somebody says, well, ignorance is bliss. No, it ain't. Ignorance is a trap. See, when you, when you don't know some things, then what happens is the enemy can slide in that area and deceive you because you don't know any better. So we got to operate in a place of revelation or insight and understanding. Amen. And he wants you to know his will. The word is real clear about that. Amen. The other things we talked about uh, is uh, you got to get your mouth right. We even said some things in our leadership uh, uh, anointing service here the other day. And, uh, you know, you got to have your, your heart right, your head right, and your mouth right. It's just the facts. Get your mind renewed, amen, get things real and alive on the inside, and get your mouth to say it, to talk it, because our mouth sometimes can be one of our problems. Oh, looks like I need to hang out there for a minute. Our mouth can be sometimes our problem. Here you are, you know, who you, God says you're more than a conqueror, more than an overcomer, but you talk about how you can't, you can't do it, and you can't be it, and you can't, you, stop it, knock it off. You don't talk that way. That's how believers talk. 
Somebody says, well, you just don't understand. No, you don't understand. If we understood who we were, you wouldn't talk that way. If you understood what you have in God, you wouldn't talk that way. If you, didn't, if, if you would know what uh, the greater one, I have a revelation of the greater one on the inside, you wouldn't talk that way. If you had a revelation of the fact that you're in him, you're in a family, hallelujah. Come on, right, a royal family. You're part of the family of God, the kingdom of light. If you had a revelation of that, you wouldn't talk that way. Are you still with me? Listen, we're not denying that you might be up against something, and we're not denying you might be facing something, a challenge, some kind of a situation or circumstance that you're dealing with. We're not denying that. But I'm going to tell you, if you get a hold of this, that thing won't bug dog your traps, uh, dog your tracks very long if you get the chance or get your mouth working right. Still with me? So that's one of the things we talked about. Uh, one of the last... Uh, things we talked about, amen, about not being distracted. And last week, I think we talked about literally by submitting ourselves to God, amen. If you submit yourself to God first, not only do you get clarification on how to resist your enemy, but you also get a confirmation of who you are because your confirmation of who you are is in the Father, amen. So the more time you spend with Him, yielded to Him and submitted to Him, the better this thing works. Still with me? With that said, today we're going to talk about identity crisis, and that's going to make sense to you here in a minute. So let's go to 1 John chapter 5, and uh, I believe if you got an ear to hear today, this thing could, this thing could really uh, set you free in some areas. Amen? 1 John chapter 4, I mean, chapter 4, I'm sorry, chapter 4. I said 5, didn't I? Chapter 4. And I think we're going to do, uh, uh, let's see, let's do the verse 15, chapter 4 and 15. It says, whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. Do we have anybody in here that's done that? Yeah. All seven of you. Let's try that again. Anybody in here confess that Jesus yeah. is the Son of God? Yeah. In other words, how many of you have accepted the Lord, amen, believed in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, right? You've accepted Him. Come on, right? You've confessed Him as Lord, amen, hallelujah. It says here, whoever confesses, in other words, if acknowledge that Jesus is the Son of God, here we go, God abides in him. Who's the him here? The whoever, right? So whoever, all right, whoever's made a declaration, amen, that they belong to the king, praise God, that he's the son of God, amen, that person, the word says God abides in them or remains or continues in them, resides in them. Are you still with me? Now, what's being said here, if you speed read this, you'll miss it. This is all about identity. God's in you. When you made Jesus Lord of your life, it was instantaneous. He now took residence in you. You are now a child of God based on the fact that you received him as Lord. You came into a family. You didn't have to try to earn it. You weren't trying to get God to accept you anymore, trying to get God to love you anymore. It's a done deal. He came and took up residence on the inside of you. You are now a child of God. Accepted, redeemed, forgiven. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. That's who you are. Yeah. He's in you. And he 
Talking about you and me in God. But when you accepted him, you not only had God come and reside in you, you now took residence in him. You're now a part of a family, a different family. That's why it says you're now a, uh, you, you know, even though you're of the world, you're not, or pardon me, even though you're in the world, you're not of the world. Word says you're an alien. There's been a few of you, I think, yep, they are, right? Come on now, right? We're, we're an alien. We're just here momentarily. When you start talking about all eternity, this little 80, 90, 100, you're believing for 120, whatever you want, praise God in that, hallelujah, whatever it is, it's just a drop in the bucket to all eternity. Come on, right? Now, Hang on to this. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in them, and he in God. That's who you are. Got it? Verse 16, please. All right. Verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. How many know God is love, right? God is love. So he's saying here that we have known love and we have believed in the love that God has for us. That doesn't change, doesn't shift. God's in love with you. Huh? I said God's in love with you. Look at your neighbor and say, "Mm mm-hmm, even you. Huh? But now he says this, okay? Again, let's do verse, uh, Karen, you're going to flow with me here on this. Let's go verse 15 again. All right? Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him, and he in God. Verse 16, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he, he's repeating himself, he who abides in love, in him, God's love, God's agape, that's who he is. He's Mr. Agape. He's Mr. Love. And he says, you abide in him and God in you. Got it? See, he's establishing something. It's settled. And if you believe in him and what he's done, just like we talked earlier, you got to believe he's a way maker. You got to believe he's a miracle worker. You got to believe that he's a promise keeper. Come on, right? You got to believe in him. If you know him, then you have no, there's no question. And if you believe in the love he has for you, there's absolutely no question. God will do for you anything he's promised to you if you'll let him. Why? Because he is in love with you. You don't have to get him to love you anymore. Well, you just don't understand, Pastor. I've blown it so many times. Well, it's a good thing you're here today. Look at your neighbor and say, I blew it once too. Look at your neighbor and say, I blew it probably more than that. We've all blown it. We've all messed up. But see, if you know Mr. Love and you believe in the love that Mr. Love has for you, there wouldn't be any, there would be no, no question. It doesn't change the fact that you're in him and he's in you. Now, are you still with me? All right. Because we have to settle for, because we get to verse 17. You know, there's a lot in this text that's talking about, you know, if you love God, love others, right? Right? Somebody says, are you going to talk about us loving everybody? God, I want to, 
I don't want to have to love people. I'm so tired of people. Well, my message ain't about loving people, but it actually fits. And you have to just understand, he's not asking any of us to love somebody until you first hook up with him, Mr. Love, because it becomes pretty hard to love people without knowing Mr. Love and without believing in the love. See, sometimes it's hard to love others because you have a hard time loving you. Or you have a hard time believing that God loves you. But when you believe in Mr. Love and believe in the love that he has for you, it ain't that hard to love you. Even when you've messed up. <laughs> Come on now. All right, now hang on. Here we go. Verse 17. Love has been perfected or complete or made mature among us in this. What? what how, he's going to tell you this. Is how we know whether it's alive in you or not. Okay, are you ready? That we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. That we may have boldness or confidence or assurance. Come on. That we may have boldness. This is how we know whether we're, we're believing in him and believe in that love he has. That's how we're going to know. Do we have confidence in the day of judgment? That's how we determine whether it's been perfected or matured. Do we have boldness in the day of judgment? Now, you know, for whatever, you know how we are about here. We got we to define everything. You know, we got to give you definitions. and Because and, I just found that if you don't do that, you, you, you speed read stuff and you miss it. Because, see, most people read that and say, the day of judgment. Someday when I get before the Lord, I'm going to have boldness when I get before God. It ain't talking about someday when you get before heaven. Get before the Lord. It's talking about right now and the nasty here and now. Are you still with me? Because you need to have confidence now. When you get to heaven, you ain't going to need confidence because you made it. Even if he says, you know what, I have a few things against you, who cares, I'm here. <laughs> right? I mean, it's like, you know, whatever, man, there's no tears. I mean, it must be, it's going to be a pretty cool place. So when I get to heaven, I don't have to be going there all sheepish like, what's going to happen if, I, you know, maybe he, maybe he didn't notice I snuck in. <laughs> right? I mean, you're going to get there and it's like all of a sudden there's a dance in your step and I made it, I made it, I made it. It don't look like a lack of assurance or a lack of, of boldness or confidence. So what's he talking about this day of judgment? Well, the word day, hiomera uh, uh, is the he, or Greek word, pardon me, and it means a single day or a moment of time or period of time. It can mean anything from a single day to, to even years, okay? So it's, it's referring to a moment or a period of time, okay? So in the day of judgment, the word judgment here is crisis, okay? It's where we get our word crisis, okay? The day of judgment means a day of decision. It means for or against. It uses even words like stuff like uh, accusation, condemnation. It does fit in there, but it's, it's dealing with the moment of pressure because at this moment, there's a decision that needs to be made. You're in a moment of crisis. 
You're in a moment where you got to make a choice. you got to make a decision. Do I, don't I? Should I, shouldn't I? What about this? What about that? Do I, do I quit? Do I move forward? You're in a moment. You're in a moment of time that maybe a moment of pressure. Maybe something's going on at home. Something's going on in your finance. Something's going on in your health. Something's going on with uh, your marriage. Something happening maybe going on with extended family. you got all kinds of stuff that happens. you got stuff at your business. What you are is in a moment, a time, a day of crisis or a day of crisis, okay, or judgment or decision making. You got to make a choice. Do you quit? Do you whine? Do you bellyache? Do you point your finger at everybody else? Do you, uh, do you just, uh, just grin and bear it? Do you just cope with life? So you got all these kind of choices and decisions, and whether you know it or not, you're making one. You say, well, I'm not making any choice. No, you just made a choice by not making a choice. See what I'm saying? So you're in a moment, okay? Now, hopefully, uh, your life's going great, but you know as well as I do, these moments come. So how can we tell whether love has been perfected among us? Well, how you handle your day of decision or judgment. We're going to find out what you believe. I'll try this side. We're going to find out what you believe. It's in those moments that we find that out because, you know, we can talk things. You know, you come to church, and, and we all know Christianese, and, you know, we all, you know, you, you don't even have to come here for very long. I mean, I know we're not like every church. Some churches are actually quiet. I know. I, sometimes, I know some people that are not used to it, they come here, and they go, oh, everything's so, oh, God, everything's so loud. Oh, you know, right? Amen, hallelujah, glory to God. Oh, my God, oh, hey. Everybody's praising and jumping and shouting and, oh, my God. Well, that's kind of how we do it. So, you know, that's you know, how we do it. I'm not saying that you know, anybody else is doing it wrong. I'm just saying that's just how we do it, and, and we get that. And we, we kind of like to praise, and we like to worship, and we, you know, we like to shout amen and hallelujah. And, and I kind of think it's class participation, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? I think it's okay, but, you know, we can learn Christianese. And we can say amen and hallelujah, glory to God, I believe. Come on. But when... The moment of pressure hits, we're going to find out what you believe. Right? It's just the facts. That's all of us. Okay? You know, when that, when that financial thing hits, we're going to find out where you believe and stand with that. When that health thing happens, we're going to find out where you stand with that. Now, you might stand tall, tall in the saddle in this area. And over here, when this thing hits, it sinks your boat. You know what I'm saying? See, the thing is this. It doesn't matter what we're dealing with and what we have to, you know, what we've got going on. It's still Mr. Love who abides in you, and it's still you who abide in him. Now, whether you're agreeing with it or believing in it might be another thing. You might not have your mind renewed to it yet, but it, it hasn't changed. So he's saying it doesn't matter what we're dealing with. It's the same thing. God is love. And Mr. Love abides in you. 
which makes you an overcomer and a conqueror because greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. And you all, you abide in him, which makes you a child of God, a chosen one, according to the scriptures. Amen. A child of the most high. Hallelujah. So no matter what's going on, that never changes. But if you struggle with that, it says here, then that needs to get perfected in you. It needs to be matured in you. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. Love has been perfected, in, uh, perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness, confidence, assurance in the day of judgment or decision. Come on. Because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, I don't know why sometimes they put words in here, but the word he isn't in the Greek. See, a lot of times, and the reason we have to define this is because a lot of times people read that and they go, well, you know, as Jesus is, so are we. And listen, I'm not even taking away from all that, but you have to understand this verse is not really saying that. This verse says, because as that is, so are we in this world. In other words, to the degree that this is alive in you determines how you function on planet Earth. Because if it ain't real to you, then you struggle. Even though you are a child of God, that you reside in Him and He uh, resides in you, it, none of it will matter if you, won't, if you won't believe it. So then your life is lived out based on to the degree that this is alive or working in you. Are you with me? If you don't believe it, you'll go on even though you're a child of God, even though you're more than a conqueror, that devil will whoop the snot out of you every time because you won't believe the fact that God's love, hallelujah, is for you, that God's in you, that God will work through you, that God will show you, that God will move for you. Because as this is, so are we in this world. Verse 18, there is no fear in love. This is what, this is the key today. This is our key today. There is no fear in love. But perfect love or perfected love, that same word, casts out fear. So in other words... If we know who we are and we believe, I mean, not only know love, but believe in the love that God has for us, fear has no place. Okay, so what is fear? Well, the word phobos, we get our word phobia, okay? And it means everything from dread or panic to anxiety to worry to insecurity and apprehension. All of this fits in this word phobos. Now, a lot of people think it's okay to worry. If I don't worry, who else will? No, you're not called to worry. The scriptures are clear about that. Jesus himself said, do not worry. Because it's fear. You're giving place to fear. There is no fear in love. You have nothing to fear. I'm with you. I'm in you. You're in me. Why would you be fearful? What have you got to be fearful of? Unless we don't believe that he's with us and in us. 
and for us. Anybody hear me? So he says, fear becomes a problem. See, in our moment of crisis, no matter what's going on, that's the thing that tries to slide in there. A thing called fear. Gets you to somehow worry. Gets you to panic. Gets you to, uh, you know, to uh, be apprehensive. Uh, Fear. um, Wrote down some things, and I don't know if it fits here, I guess, but. Fear causes nervous reactions all the time, uh, especially in all of our decision-making. So when we're on the day of decision or the day of judgment, if you're operating out of fear, then your decision-making is going to automatically be tainted because you're making a decision based on fear, not based on faith in God or trust in God. So your confidence or your boldness, your confidence or assurance level is going to determine what kind of decisions you make. So all of a sudden you have a financial thing, and if you don't watch it, you're fearful, you're panicked. So what you do is you make a decision based on that, and chances are you probably just made it worse. But, but it made you feel better for a moment. But your decision now caused a chain reaction of other problems. How about health issues? Okay, all of a sudden... You got a cough or got something. If you don't watch it, pretty soon fear starts gripping you. You can say, well, I remember one time when, and I remember that, and I, all of a sudden, here comes fear. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought God had your back. So he said, well, now, wait a minute, preacher. No, no, no. It could be that your decision-making now is causing something. You got, you're in fear now. You're in panic Instead of staying in faith because you got a God, Mr. Love Himself, that's on your side and with you, in you, and you're in Him, you'll stand up as the healed. Do you know that's part of your identity? It's part of your identity. You're the healed. You're the delivered. You're provided for. Come on, somebody. All these are part of Why? Because He's in you and you're in Him. So what happens is, if we struggle and all of a sudden fear grips our heart, what happens is, now we're going to start making decisions. Still with me? Fear um, will make you be hasty about some things. Fear will cause apprehension about some things. When you should be moving forward, fear will cause you to hold back. Or when you should be holding back, fear will cause you to jump into this thing and, and... so it messes the whole process up. Still with me? See, if you know Mr. Love and you believe in the love that he has for you, you're not going to be operating out of fear. You just kind of take a chill pill. And again, like, like we talked last week, you just kind of submit yourself to him and let him begin to show you something, let him begin to reveal something. Let him give you some insight. Let him give you instruction. And then you know how to turn and resist your enemy and move forward in God. But if fear gets in the way, now you're panicked. Come on. Now you're, uh, you get no confidence in who you are or who he is or, or anything. So now you're making decisions that all it's doing is giving the enemy place. Thank you for that vote of confidence. Are you with me? All right. Now, here we go. Phobos, anxiety, worry, dread, panic, 
apprehension, insecurity, all right? So let's take a look here. Um, let's go down. Ah, we'll go down here. Let's finish. I don't think I read the whole verse, did I? Verse 18 again. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Why, you know, well, why, why, why do we want fear to be cast out? Because fear involves torment. Somebody said, it's okay to have a little fear. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. That's not scriptural. Somebody said, now, wait a minute. A little fear is okay. Well, you know, you should, you should fear that 18-wheeler that goes down the highway. No, you should just be smart enough not to step in front of it. That ain't about fear. You don't, you don't operate out of fear. Now, I'm going to show you that. See, fear is bondage. So you, well, you know, it's okay to, to have a little fear. You manage fear. No. How do you manage bondage? It's still bondage. So we want to eliminate fear. Why? Because I have no reason to fear because I know him. Amen. And I know the love, or pardon me, I believe in the love that he has for me. I'm in him. He's in me. That's who I am as a child of God, as an overcomer and a conqueror, that no matter what day, period, or moment, or time, whatever I'm dealing with, it doesn't matter. I have a God who's with me, a God who's in me, a God who's for me, a God who will work on my behalf. I don't need to fear. Fear involves torment, but he who fears, see now he's confirmed, he who fears has not been made perfect in love or complete or mature in love. It doesn't mean you're trying to get more love. It just means you're not believing it. You're not trusting it. You're not accepting it. Man, when you get a revelation of how much God really loves you, you will never panic about anything. Because you're, you're walking around the whole life thinking, I'm one of God's favorites. He always moves on my behalf. He always shows himself strong. Amen. No matter what I'm looking at over here, doesn't matter. God's got it. He already understands what. He already knows he's got something happening. He's already got that thing taken care of. Praise the Lord. Something happens. You know, you kind of get that little, that little ache, that little thing. You go, instead of getting, no, I'm the healed. I'm whole because, praise the Lord, Mr. Love himself dwells on the inside. Hallelujah. He's, he's inside here. Hallelujah. I know who I am. Come on, somebody. Don't have to fear. Don't have to panic. Are you still with me? All right. So let's do this today. Hebrews 2. We're going to look at a few different things about fear in the light of what we've been hearing. Are you glad you came out today? All right. Well, Hebrews 2. Now, the scriptures talks about different types of fear that's out there. All right. One of them is the fear of death. As a child of God, you have no business fearing death. That's a, that's a bondage. Somebody says, now wait. No. If you knew Mr. Love and the love that God has for you, amen, you wouldn't have to fear it. Okay, let's read it. Verse 14. As much then as the children... Talking about children of God. So he's talking about really uh, bringing in context about uh, the family of God coming together. And as much then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he and talking about the elements here, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death, talking about Jesus, now through his death, 
he might destroy, right, him who had the power. Everybody say past tense. Past tense had the power of death. Well, who's that? Well, the devil. See, the devil had the power of death. He don't know more. Come on. So, and what? Not only do that, but and release those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. See, the fear of death is bondage. Listen, someday you you know, someday we're going to check out of here. Now, I'm not looking for anybody to check out early. And, and, and we shouldn't be, you know, you know, come, Lord Jesus, come get me out of this mess. That, that's not how we live our life. But just know this, that one day when you, when you breathe your last here on planet Earth, life as you know it is over. The Word says uh, in 2 Corinthians and 5, it says to be absent from this body means to be present with the Lord. When you check out of here, believe me, life's okay. Okay? You don't really experience death. You just, you're just done on planet Earth, and you just check into the next realm. You go out of one realm into the next realm. So you don't have to fear death. Now, I didn't say go out and invite it or go out there and, you know, run in front of the 18-wheeler. Come on, somebody, Right? But you have to understand, you have no reason to fear death as a believer. To be absent from this body means to be, what? Present with the Lord. Let's go back to Hebrews 2. And release those who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. In other words, he's talking about your part of this covenant people. You're part of the family of God. You're the seed of Abraham, according to Scripture. Come on. So he says, listen, you got a God that's with you all the time, a God taking care of you. Are you still with me? Now, why do we look at this? Well, fear attacks our confidence, right? Our confidence in, in our covenant rights, we could say, this text. You have a covenant right. You're a child of God. One day you're going to make heaven your home. Come on. It's all part of your covenant rights. All kinds of things. So what happens is fear comes in there and begins to get you to panic or worry or stress. Come on, somebody, about what's going to happen. Well, you don't have to worry about that. You're taken care of because you're part of the family of God. But if you don't understand that or know that, then you're going to be all your lifetime subject to bondage. Somebody says, well, you know, um, I don't fear death, and, uh, but I don't like going up and down in elevators. Why? Well, I, I don't like to go over bridges. Well, especially over water. Well, I, I, I don't like spiders. I don't like snakes. I don't like snakes and snakes. <laughs> Somebody says, now, wait a minute, you're, you're messing. Listen, listen, you have no, you, have, you don't have to fear death. If you know who you are, you just, uh, you know, squish that little booger. Take, sometimes you just got to have dominion seminar, seminars. Go up there and see that spider. What'd you do? Took dominion. Right? Now, we're not out playing with snakes and all that, but you don't have to fear it. He's given you authority, given you dominion. That no matter, he says, over all the power of the enemy, you have dominion over all of it. 
Come on, somebody. You don't see, but listen, if you're in fear, you make different decisions. So you end up doing something. You react in a way. And now, see, you, you have no confidence or assurance. You're now acting out of fear, which is nothing but bondage. And you can't manage bondage. You're a child of God. You have no business being under bondage. So you have to take authority over that mess. Still with me? Just, it's just one of those things. You got to take authority over it. Because what you fear the most sometimes is what comes upon you. So you open the door through fear to something you don't want to open the door to. So you got to stay in a place of confidence and trust. Amen. You'd be amazed at how that little pain might just go away when you just look up and say, Mr. Love, I'm so glad I'm in you and you're in me. Hallelujah. Somebody you know, might say, well, you know, you're, you're not being very responsible. To not worry and fear is bondage. That's not responsibility. Because what you're saying is God doesn't have your back or God's not with you or God's not, amen, doing things for you. Come on, right? See, so we think that by worrying that we're doing the responsible thing. Well, you know, somebody's got to worry about my kids. No, it could be your kids are having problems because you keep opening the door to stuff because you won't stop worrying. You tell him, yes, I am. You don't open the door for the devil with fear. Now, if you work with me today, we'll get through this today. We won't have to do this into several messages. Come on. Fear is no good. Fear uh, will pervert your faith. Fear will literally uh, will, will mess up your believing. Sometimes we're not seeing a miracle because we're too panicked. We're too fearful. We believe in Him and in the love that He has for us. He's in me. I'm in Him. I'm a child of God. I'm an overcomer. I'm a conqueror. And then you're able to, now you can, you can stay locked on. And if God starts saying, listen, this is what I want you to do about that. This is how I want you to handle that. Then you're more apt to say, all right. And now you can resist the enemy like you're supposed to. But when you're panicked and you're fearful, you ain't resisting the enemy. You've opened the door to him. And it doesn't matter how many hallelujahs and amens and get away from me devils you do. If you're in fear, it's a wide open door for him. You have got to resist the enemy. And the way, one of those ways is you're going to have to stay in a place of faith, amen, and avoid fear. Fear is bondage. And when it comes time to the fear of death, you have no reason to fear death. 
Now, how many believe in the unseen? About half of you. Let's try that again. How many believe in the unseen? See, did you know that in this room right now, there's more than just us? There's other beings in here. Really? Yeah. We're not alone. We have angels in here. Now, we didn't invite the enemy in unless you brought him. I don't know, maybe some of you brought him, but you shouldn't have. I'm sure once we started the praise and worship, he left. He's probably waiting outside for you, though. <laughs> now you say, Pastor, come on. No, no. You see, you have to decide who you want hanging out with you. See, fear opens the door for the enemy. Stay in faith, amen. Then you know you have God and all his, the kingdom of light operating on your behalf. Still with me? Look at your neighbor and say, no more fear of death. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark 4 and verse 40, uh, when the boys were out on the boat, they were panicked, right? The waves were filling up the boat. Jesus, you know, has a statement to them and just says, hey, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? I mean, that's kind of like a, seemed like a low blow, but he just called it what it is. When fear is on the picture, faith leads. When faith's in the picture, fear leads. So he says, why are you so fearful? Let's get rid of it. You think, well, pastor, I mean, the, I mean, they're out on a boat and water's filling in. I mean, come on, man. I mean, give us a break. Jesus didn't. He just told him, listen, why are you all, knock it off. No fear here. We got to get faith moving so we can get this thing handled. Listen, the storms sometimes don't go away because you're too fearful. You're panicked. You're overwhelmed. You're stressing out about it. You're worrying about it. When you stop and you break it down, it's because you're not believing what you should be believing. If you get honest with yourself, that's a fact. Why would I panic about that? God's got my back. He wouldn't let that happen to me. And then you know because you know him, because you know uh, you're, you have an enemy, then you know who you are. You start standing up and say, devil, knock it off. Shut up, devil. I'll take authority over that unclean spirit right now. I'll bind you in the name of Jesus. Get out of here. remember one time putting up Christmas lights. You know, we got to have it, you know, whole block lit up. But anyway, um, okay, my wife said it ain't me. All right, whatever. So anyway, I'm up on the roof, and all of a sudden that uh, spirit of fear gri gripped me. And, you know, some say, well, what do you do? Oh, you freak out. That's what you do. No. It was a spirit. I said, you foul devil, get out of here. Chugum, 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 chugum. You got to take authority over it. You don't just play with it. You don't try to manage it. You don't try to cope with it. You have to deal with it. 
because it's just looking for a way in. If you say you, you got no place here, all the doors are closed, sorry, you got to leave. Go bother the neighbor. No, I don't say that. But anyway, the point is, you ain't, gonna, you ain't stopping here. Are you still with me? All right, let's look at another one. Go to Romans 8. Have I ever told you how much I love Romans 8? Romans 8. Come on now. All right. Go to verse, uh, I believe it's verse 14, I think it said. All right. Romans 8, verse 14. For as many as are led or influenced or empowered, induced by the Spirit of God, in other words, God breathe, God breathing into you. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That word sons is weos, which means mature ones. So, and really to be honest, I'll just kind of toss this out there. It won't cost you anything. But anyway, uh, you know, what determines maturity level is how much you can let God lead you. If God can't lead you, then you could be saved for 50 years and you're still in the nursery. Okay, anyway, that went over like a lead balloon. Anyway, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received a spirit of adoption, right? You're part of a family by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So what, now how does it, so again we're seeing fear as a bondage. But he's talking about here being led by God. So sometimes it isn't necessarily the fear of death that might be messing with you. It could just be uh, the fear of failure. Come on. Maybe, you know, maybe you are concerned that you're not, you know, doing the right thing or walking things out right. Or, but the, see, you can have confidence that God will lead you. Now, just, it's just another, just another fear. Some people don't ever move forward because they're so afraid to make a mistake. That's a fear. So the whole time, you have all this in front of you that you could, you could be experiencing, but you won't because you're afraid to make a mistake. But you've got to have confidence that God will lead. Sometimes, you know, I talk it. Uh, we've learned at home, at our house, uh, you know, when we're... When we're you know, trying to, we're in a question mark about should we or should we not? Because we're in a moment. We're in a, in a day of decision. I've got the spits going on, my goodness. Anyway, we're in a day of decision. So what do we do? Well, I'm not, I'm not sure. I've got, we're getting quiet, quiet before God. We're trying to get a word. Sometimes what we'll do, we'll say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and move forward with this. I'll say it out loud. Because the Spirit of God is there to help. Come on. And so what happens is you'll get a witness. All of a sudden, you'll get the peace of God will hit you, or you'll get that, that little check in the spirit. Right? So I'll just say, all right, I'm, I'm going to move forward in this. This is what I'm going to do. And all of a sudden, I get that, Ugh. It's like, Ugh. get that little thing. Ugh. So I know, ah, not going that way. Right? But you got to have confidence in that. You can't be so fearful of moving forward. It could be the Spirit of God. Remember when, uh, when Paul, we see in the book of Acts, somebody says, you always go preach to everybody. No, that's not necessarily true. Going to all the world, yes, but, you know, Paul says, you know, I'm going over here and I'm going to preach the gospel, and the Spirit of God said, don't. Oh, what? He said, well, then I'm going over here, and the Spirit of God said, don't. What? 
So that night, Spirit of God said, this is where I want you to go. So he went the other way. And that time, he had the peace of God. Come on. He had confidence, went in that thing, and saw, saw a move of God. Are you still with me? The point is, God wants to lead us. And God will lead us, but you can't be fearful of making mistakes. Now, I didn't say go out there and just make a bunch of mistakes. But you should be confident enough in God that as God leads, as God gives a witness, that you know enough, I can follow that. Right? I mean, there's sometimes the Spirit of God will just tell you, I want you to, to sow this or give this or do this or or go help with this or give somebody a call or whatever. And, and you're inside and going, that just it seems like it. But yet you have enough confidence in the fact that that's a witness of God. I'm going to follow that. Some people say, well, I don't ever want to make a mistake and do say this, something wrong. Well, in the meantime, you don't say anything. You don't do anything. You don't go anywhere. In the meantime, we don't get nothing done. Because everybody's so afraid to make a mistake that they're not going to say it wrong. They're going to do it wrong. The Spirit of God will lead, and He will lead, but you're going to have to let fear not be a part of it. It's bondage. Let's look at another. Let's go to 2 Timothy. We'll go one, look at one there. 2 Timothy. You doing okay? 2 Timothy, verse, chapter 1. Let's go to verse, uh, I don't remember what verse I gave you, but I'll say verse 3. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing. I remember you in my prayers night and day. Now, this is Paul talking to Timothy. Remember now what Timothy's got going on. Uh, he's, got, he's really uh, under pressure right now because uh, uh, their, their leaders are being killed because of their stand for Christ. And so his church is being attacked. Right now, you know, at the time, he's got the largest church uh, probably of the day. But his leaders now are being attacked because of their faith. So he's panicked. He's fearful. All right? He said, verse 4, Greatly desire to see you being mindful of your tears. Why? Because he was crying. That I may be filled uh, with joy when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. In other words, Timothy, I know it's in you. Okay? What's in you, which uh, first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that that faith is still in you. Therefore, I remind you, stir up the gift of faith, which is, or what did I say? No, the gift of God, pardon me. Stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us what? A spirit of fear. But what's he given us? Power, love, and of a sound mind. Okay, that word fear also means timidity, all right? So in other words, listen, I know what you're under right now. I know what you're dealing with right now. I understand what you're going through. But don't give in to fear because you're going to make a decision you're going to regret. See, a lot of times you've got pressure going on, but if you let the spirit of fear, and then he says it's a spirit, you let the spirit of fear in, You'll start making choices and decisions that'll mess up your life. That'll shut down the move of God in your life. In this particular case, if you just maintain what God's done, power. There's power. Dynamos. 
you know, miracle working power that's available to you. There's love, his love. God ain't going, he's got your back. He ain't going to turn away and run from. Come on, his sound mind. How many know that's sometimes right there? Uh, uh, you start. He's giving you a sound mind. This is why, man, this is one of our verses, man. That's, that's a refrigerator verse right there. God's not giving us a spirit of fear, power, love, and a sound mind. All right? God's not, I don't have to fear death. I don't have to fear failure. We can say in this one here, the fear of the unknown. See, Timothy didn't know what was ahead. All he knew is what was going on right now ain't fun. All right? And so he's saying, listen, I know you got in you the goods. The reason I know is I've laid hands on you and prayed for you myself. And I know what's in you. And you got faith rolling around in there. And you need to get the fear out. And get that faith rolling around some more. Rise up in who you are. Take your place, amen, and stop being fearful about what's going to happen tomorrow. Listen, sometimes our tomorrows get extended when they should only be but a moment of time, it says. We are but for a moment of time. But what makes the difference is what we let out our mouth, how we react, how we respond. And what you've done now is you've allowed the enemy to continue to come in and ransack. Instead of rise up as a man and woman of God, make declarations that you're a part of the family of God. you got the bigness of God on the inside. You're an overcomer. You're a conqueror. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. Hallelujah. A price has been paid. You got to start stirring that in you because what you may do is, is delay your breakthrough. Delay your miracle. Sometimes I've had people say, I just don't understand why God don't do any miracles like he used to. He's doing miracles all the time. And if you'd let him, he'd do a whole bunch more. But your fear, your apprehension, your panic, your worry, your stressing out about everything isn't giving God room to do anything. Sometimes just by taking authority over fear cause that thing just to click. But it's a fear and it's bondage and it'll continue to keep you in bondage if you let it. You, remember, God don't do your receiving and he won't do your resisting. That's your part. But if you don't receive what you should receive, and you don't resist what you should resist, it continues to ransack your life. Pastor, you just don't, no, no, no. Man, I understand being under the gun. I understand financial dilemma. I understand health issues. I understand these things. I know they're out there. But you giving place to it is just allowing the enemy to continue to kill, steal, and destroy. You've got to stand your ground as a child of God. And if you know him and you believe in the love he has for you, I guarantee you're going to have confidence in that moment of pressure. You'll know what to do. Am I just too intense today? Y'all looking at me like, maybe I am. Maybe I'm a little intense today. I just think when you deal with fear, you don't play patty cake with this. There's too many Christians playing patty cake with the devil. Stop it, devil. Oh, oh. 
You have got to take authority over this. It's a fear. Don't cast away your confidence, which has great reward. You stand your ground. You with me? Don't be afraid or be dismayed, for the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. You got it? I'm confident that he who began a good work in me will complete it. You with me? Huh? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You with me? Gideon made the comment, who am I to, to save Israel? Listen, you're a man of valor. You can do this. If you just rise up in who you are, we'll defeat the enemy as if one man. I just got to get you to agree with it. And you notice nothing changed until he agreed with it. And once he agreed with it, he became the, he became the mighty man of valor. But he dealt with one of those things was fear. Whew. One more. One more and I'll let you go. Somebody going, praise the Lord. Proverbs 29. Listen, there's a lot of fears, a lot of different fears. But fear is fear. It's of the devil. That's kind of a blunt statement, right? It's of the enemy. It's bondage. And the enemy wants you to yield to fear. He wants you to yield to worry. He wants you to yield to stress and anxiety. He wants you to yield to panic. He wants you to freak out. I've seen people literally run from something and run into something, get bloodied up because they ran from something. You were fine until you panicked. You turned and ran, got knocked out because you run into a wall. Because you panicked. They say more people die in fires due to panic than anything else. Here's another fear. The fear of man brings a snare, a trap. But whoever trusts in the Lord will be safe. Huh. The fear of man brings a snare. Psalms 118 says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Hmm? Hebrews 13 says that the Lord is my helper. I will not fear for what can man do to me. Jeremiah 1.8 says the Lord said to Jeremiah, do not fear or be afraid of their faces for I am with you to deliver you. You don't need to be fearful of man. 1 Samuel 15, Paul, or probably Saul, King Saul, said that the reason that he fell prey to the whole situation with the Amalekites is because he feared man. He feared what they were going to say or what they said. He, I allowed what they said to determine what I was going to do. And as a result of it, he made a bad choice. But it's the fear of man. John 12 and 43 says this, talking about the Pharisees, for they love the praise of men more than the praise of God. See, a lot of people are more concerned about what everybody else thinks about them. And so they don't move forward or they don't, they don't do things the way God's leading them to do it. 
they do something different because they're more afraid of man and what everybody else thinks, what everybody else says. Insecurity. It's huge, but it's, it's a fear. It's all part of that phobos. Many people are insecure in who they are because they're, all they think about is what everybody else thinks of them, how everybody's viewing them. It's, it's a fear. So in the meantime, you don't lean on God, trust in God, move forward in God, or your decision is off because you're more concerned about what they think than what God thinks. Insecurity. Nicodemus. Came to Jesus by night. That's where we get Nick at night. <laughs> Nicodemus came to Jesus at night. He was a Pharisee that was, you know, hearing some of these things Jesus was saying and thinking, he's, he's got some cool things to say, you know. And it says he came by night. And the reason he came by night because he didn't want none of the other Pharisees to know and he was going to go talk to Jesus, right? So an insecurity, come on. So he ends up, you know, sneaking in when the lights go out. Come on. To, in the meantime, you know, I don't know what it could have affected, but, you know, he obviously, that's where we get our whole revelation, the fact he must be born again. It all came in based on what he was saying to Nicodemus. Come on. But Nicodemus said, you know, why didn't he just walk up to him during the day? Well, he was concerned with what everybody else thought about him. Because, you know, if I do that, they may kick me out of the, you know, out of the church. I mean, they may not like me to be a Pharisee if I'm going to be, you know, doing something they don't like. Because they were more concerned about the praises of men than they were, you know, what God thought. You may hear me. I'm thinking, all it is is just another fear. It's another fear. Did you get something today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let's not lose sight of the fact that um, we've been talking about identity. The whole time he says who you are. Now, think about all the things that we've heard about today, okay? Do you know that you can be led by God? You know why you can be led by God? Because according to that word, it tells you who you are. You are part of the flock, the family of God. It says, and his sheep, come on, know his voice, hear his voice, follow his voice. That's part of your identity. So if you struggle and think that you're, you, know, you can't hear God or can't follow, then what it is is fear has gripped you. Come on. And now what it's done is that you've lost confidence in who you are. You lost confidence in the fact that God has your back. God will walk you through this. God will show you. God will empower you. God will strengthen you. And that, my friend, is why we miss out on so many miracles in the body of Christ. like we talked about it oftentimes. It unstops the windows of heaven because of a fear of lack. We don't, we hold on instead of following the principles. 
You follow the principles. What you've done, you unstop the windows, which pours blessing. See, sometimes we're missing out on the blessing because of a fear. You know, uh, early on for Trudy and myself, I mean, when you stopped and thought about, you know, uh, the tithe, I mean, at that time, you know, I mean, okay, so it was, you know, you know, $100 and whatever. I mean, $100. I mean, to, to have the blessing manifest, jeez. A month, yeah, right, at that time it probably was. About $100 a month at the most. And, and But that, just to keep the blessing moving, I'm thinking that hundred bucks wasn't going to do anyway. <laughs> so you might as well just trust God instead of being fearful about I'm not going to have enough. Is that hundred dollars really going <laughs> to going to really change your life? I mean, just by hanging on to it, you because you just never know. That's fear. Yeah, yeah, we could have bought. Well, yeah, who needs groceries now? Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't like Top Ramen. <laughs> I don't. Because it, it, it represents those days, <laughs> right? So I don't, I don't care much for it. But at that time, that's what you did. Is it, you know, it's okay. But we honored God as a result of it. It opened up. Next thing you know, promotions, increases. Come on, leadings and guidings. You know, I have the house I live in now, not because of a paycheck. I have the house I live in now because we heard God when to buy, when to sell, when to buy again, when to sell, when to buy again. And it goes on and on. This, see, the blessing, you know, it, when you start think about how many times God can do a miracle just because we just said, Lord, I'm following you. And all of a sudden now it opens a door and he manifests here and he manifests here and he manifests here and he manifests here. But when you're sitting here and, and you're being fearful and closing in, hanging on to everything because you're, just, you're so fearful of what could happen tomorrow, what could happen, then what happens is you're not giving God any room to do anything. So it's time to eliminate fear. Anybody else with me today? Give the Lord a praise. Come on. Watch y'all stand up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you for giving me a few more minutes there. Appreciate it. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we give praise and glory right now. Thankful for these principles. Thank you, Lord God, for opening the eyes of our understanding today. I take authority over fear. Doesn't matter what it is, if it's the fear of death, the fear of the unknown, the fear of lack, the fear of failure, I don't care, fear of men, whatever it may be, we take authority right now over that mess. Father, forgive us for the times we've given in to that. Take a stand right now against it. I refuse to worry. I refuse to panic. I refuse to, to be insecure about these things. Hallelujah. So I thank you, Lord, that you are faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all this mess. We give you the praise and the glory for it. If you're in here today, you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, well, that'd be a good thing to do. That's where it starts. Come on, right? Amen. That's where it is. You know, get him in you and you in him. Amen. That starts by you just receiving him and accepting him. If you're in here today, you've never done that, boy, it's, it's a good day to do it. Praise the Lord.
And if you wouldn't you know, mind letting this preacher pray with you and introducing you to his best friend, Jesus, I'd be honored to do that. So if you're in here today and you say, I've never done that and I'd like to do that, I'd like to make Jesus the Lord of my life, amen, I want you to throw a hand up where I can see it. If there's anybody in here that'd like to do that today, amen, hallelujah, all right, all right, all right, all right, so you all know Jesus? All right, do we still have cameras running? Which camera am I on, this one? All right. So I'm going to talk to our uh, you know, viewing audience, and i just like to say this. If you don't know Jesus, that's where it all starts. Make Jesus the Lord of your life. Accept him into your life. Amen. Confess him as Lord. Amen. And the word says if you believe him as your Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead, the word says this. It says that you become a new creation in Christ. You become what the Bible says, born again. Praise God. One of the greatest miracles that could ever happen to a human being. Amen. So we're, at, we're inviting you to make Jesus Lord of your life. And if you do that, praise God, I just ask, man, let us know. Give us an, an email, whatever. Send us, uh, you know, some information that you've, you've made Jesus Lord of your life. We'd like to hear. Amen. We'd like to hear from you. Praise God. And I also like to say this, to those listening and those watching, praise God. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, praise God. Amen. Partner with us. Amen. Come be a part of it, praise God. If you're here close, come visit us, praise God. We invite you. Amen. Praise God. So anyway, we love you. Amen. We love you. Praise God for all that he's doing. Amen. Can I hear a big amen? amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to know Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You are dismissed. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you praising God.